This podcast is part of the A3K Network. For more information, visit www.anime3000.com. Welcome to the bonus rounds. This is Sean Russell, the host and moderator for this conversation that we're going to have. And since it is a conversation, I guess I'm not the moderator. I'm just going to chat with the guys. And I think this is a good opportunity to introduce the guys. And first, we have an order of this wonderful display that's sitting in front of me. I will go with Otaku Dan. Come on down. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, American anime blogger since, I believe, 2008. And into anime for about 16 years, starting at the age of six <laughs> with Saint Seiya. Um, pretty much you can find my work at otakudan.com. And you can find me on Twitter as otakudan. So 2008, that's how many in blogger years? How many years uh, have you been active in blogger years? Uh Two years straight, two, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I was looking for ten. Ten, <laughs> ten is the correct answer. Um, <laughs> next, we have Michael. Yeah, we're we're talking about internet years here. Uh, I started my website in 1998, so I think I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tell us a little bit about your website. Sure. Uh, my name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX as uh, an online handle. I run a website called Daizenshu EX. Like I said, we've been going since 1998. As I like to describe, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. We have a weekly podcast. We do news. We have reviews, interviews, editorials, and everything that you're looking for about the world of Dragon Ball. So, needless to say, you find a lot of time to just kick back and and not really do a lot on the internet no i have no time to do anything on the internet whatsoever <laughs> oh man you, you have a lot going on right now with your website so and i'm glad that you joined this panel because we really want to di- dive deep into the world of dragon ball and not just dragon ball dragon ball kai oh i'm sorry dragon ball z kai but before we get into <laughs> that i want to introduce the final member of our conversation not a panel it's a conversation and that would be jake so jake go ahead and introduce yourself well my name is jake and i go by herms online and i work as the translator and fact checker for konzentai.com that's a k-a-n-z-e-n-t-a-i.com which means essentially a perfect or complete form in japanese and so Going by that, our motto is Dragon Ball Perfection. And so we try to do essentially everything that Daizenshu EX does, only better. Nah, <laughs> no, don't. Now you do. Okay. We but love yeah, you. We, 
we're the number one rival fan site to Dizentriax, and we have <laughs> translations, um, very in-depth episode guides, you know, um, guides to the DVD releases, the Japanese Dragon Ball DVD releases, comparing them to the American Dragon Box DVD releases, all kinds of crazy in-depth shit like that. And we've been going for five years now, which I think is somewhere between 30 and 800 in uh, internet years. <laughs> That's correct. And uh, Michael, uh, rebuttal? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no. The way, the way I love to describe it is Jake and his buddy Heath, who work on Constantai, collaborate a lot with myself and Julian, who works on Dizen X with me. We're great buds. We work on stuff together. The two of them pop up on our podcast occasionally, and you know, I help out when I can with them. We're just buds, and the community is fantastic, and we love all the people, all the fans. We have a great time with it. And I should mention, actually, that the actual creator and administrator and maintainer of Cons and Tai is uh, Heath, a.k.a. Hujio, who couldn't be here today. So he sent me instead. (laughs) (laughs) And and with that said, let's get to the topic at hand, and that's Dragon Ball Z Kai. And for those of you who are new to the world of Dragon Ball, I would like to say, where have you been the last 10, 5, 6, 3, 25 1 years, years <laughs> however many times this series has relaunched, which is only, what, once? Really? Well, that, that, that's a good place to start, because Kai is something that was created as the 20th anniversary celebration of the Dragon Ball Z TV series in Japan. Is, is it fair to say it's more than just another series that's out there as far as its importance in bringing, um, making not bringing, obviously not bringing anime to America, but just making it popular and influencing a, a, an entire generation of anime fans? Of course it is. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of you have used the phrase gateway drug at some point <laughs> in relation to Dragon Ball, and that's what it is for a lot of fans. And that's not a disparaging comment. That's a factual comment. It is something that helped introduce people to this world of crazy Japanese cartoons. And wouldn't you know, it's actually halfway decent in and of itself, right? Yeah. Go ahead. I like to think it is. (laughs) But, and also, Dragon Ball, the manga, is known as one of the, it was, it's one of the three at the time, the three manga considered the golden trilogy of Shonen Jump. The other two being Yu Yu Hakusho and Slam Dunk which have these days more or less been replaced by uh, One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto. But at the time, you know, when Dragon Ball was running and jump, that was the highest sales they've ever had. Even now, with all their popular series, they've yet to surpass that peak of subscriptions that they had. And so it's considered basically to have vastly increased the status of Shonen Jump in the manga world, too. And all the current... Uh, manga artists, a huge chunk of them have cited Dragon Ball as one of their primary inspirations, like Oda with One Piece or Kishimoto with Naruto. So much of modern manga and anime can be traced directly back to Dragon Ball. That's an interesting point you just brought up, because as far as the professional end of anime fandom and the industry, it seems to draw a parallel as a divide and influences and appreciation. I, I when I look at the entire fandom and all the bloggers and podcasters and just the more you know hardcore enthusiasts, there are a few shows out there that kind of define what type of 
watcher they are. You know, you have, of course, Dragon Ball Z, which I would I would cite as a heavy influence on me being interested in anime. Of course, with a, a, a list of other shows, but that was the main show that brought me in and let me say, okay, what else is out there? And then discovered Cowboy Bebop and other shows like that. But then you have shows like Evangelion, um, Robotech, and you know the list goes on and on. And there's only those few marquee shows that kind of have that influence over an entire community of anime fans. But um, yeah, so Kai, we're here to talk about Kai. So what what are what are your impressions? Your initial impressions of Kai when you first watched it. What, what was it? Spring two thousand nine. When it, yeah, it, was- it started in uh, April two thousand nine. Actually, I want to turn it around on you, Sean. You know, Ooh. here we are coming on the show as Dragon Ball fans. What do you expect us to answer to this question? What I expect you to answer is, I expect you to surprise me. I expect you to say, just because I run in a Dragon Ball website, don't just assume that I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. I look All at, right, so, I look so we're surprising crazy. you by telling you exactly what you just said, at least for me. Um, you are not surprising me. <laughs> Darn. Well, um, we are foiled. We sh- maybe we should start by explaining a little more of, about what Kai in particular is. Yeah, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because we were talking before, you know, I know the tech stuff really well, and you're coming from translating background the manga to the tv series and it makes sense for you to take that aspect yeah so fundamentally dragon ball began as a manga by akira toriyama which ran in weekly shonen jump from 1986 to about 1996 more or less about 10 years and so this was pretty quickly adapted into a tv anime called first dragon ball and then later dragon ball z but it's worth noting that the entirety of the manga in japanese is called simply dragon ball but somewhat confusingly, when they translated the manga into English, they, start, they actually divided that, too, into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Anyway, so the anime is divided between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and then they also came out with, after the manga ended, they made Dragon Ball GT, which is based completely on original story, has nothing to do with any manga, and then that kind of flopped pretty quickly. And then after that ended, there was a brief hiatus about five six, seven years where Dragon Ball wasn't too popular anymore. But starting around 2002, they released a perfect edition of the Dragon Ball manga in Japan, which instigated this kind of uh, revival boom for the series. And this led to the Dragon Boxes, which were the first DVD release of the anime ever in Japan. And this kind of, you know, all sorts of new video games, products, and ultimately this accumulated in Dragon Ball Kai, which was a revised version of Dragon Ball Z with less of the padding that was added into the anime series to keep it from overtaking the manga. Which, uh, you have to remember that, you know, this the anime was coming out weekly, and so is the manga. <laughs> but a standard episode of the anime will require maybe two or three chapters worth of manga material. So there's always a risk that the anime will overtake the manga and there have nothing left to adapt, Right. So that's why they have to keep in these, you know, these infamous staring contests where nobody does anything for long amounts of time. 
And nowadays, though, there's no real point for this because the manga is long over. And so they've made Dragon Ball Kai. Kai means uh, to revise or renew. And so Kai is it's advertised primarily as a more faithful anime adaptation of the manga. So it takes out most of the baloney that the anime added in. So it's faster. It's currently estimated to be to last about only half as long as Z did. And so it's, you know, there's no, none of the padding, basically. And it's remastered for high definition. It's, there's new music. There's new uh, voice actors. A lot of the old voice actors and actresses returned, but some have been replaced for various reasons. You know, some of the original cast has died, have died, and others have been replaced in seemingly stunt casting, but that's a whole other topic. So now that, you know, we have a little bit of backstory of, you know, Dragon Ball from both the American and Japanese side. What are your impressions of, of the series? I mean, do you miss some of the filler that was really, that was taken out? Do you notice any huge changes in the pacing or is pretty much everything that you hoped it would be? For me, something that defined Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z was Shinsuke Kikuchi's musical score for the show. We have a new musical score for Kai, which is done by Kenji Yamamoto, uh, who's actually been with the franchise for decades. He's done music going back to at least the Super Famicom games. He did arrangement for many of the theme songs, including Chala Head Chala, the original opening theme to DBZ. So, I mean, he's a veteran with the franchise, and I love his music. He's been doing stuff consistently for it. So that was something I was kind of hesitantly looking forward to. And ultimately, it's been one of the things that really keeps me away from the show. It's just not his best work. It's not diverse enough. He's got some key pieces that are fantastic. But there are a couple things in there. There's this one guitar track that sounds like a KMFDM song, and it, it just does not mesh with what is essentially the underlying footage is, it is the 20-year-old footage. You've got this clash of old with new. And for me, a lot of the times, it just doesn't work. I, you just sense that something is off. And that's just the music perspective. There is the pacing there is the character development. All of these things are affected, whether you like them or not. I mean, you at least have to admit they are affected in the transition here. Well, personally, I guess I have more a more positive opinion on it than Mike does, but even I've kind of lost track of it over time. See, when it's actually when it started airing, I was in Japan studying abroad, so I was able to just watch it weekly on TV, and so I followed it that way. But uh, since coming back to the States, I've that's caused me to lose track of it because, you know, I could watch it on YouTube, I could download it, but I guess I'm not interested enough to follow it because, well, fundamentally, it's the same story, so, you know, there's not a lot of surprises, and personally, I've always been much more of a fan of the manga than the anime, so even with the promise of an anime adaptation that's closer to the manga, it's still not, you know, quite as interesting for me personally to keep me hooked However, I have been very happy with the changes, ironically enough, that the, um, the Funimation's adapta- uh, licensing of Kai has brought to their English dub of the series. See, before, this is a whole other tangent, but, you know, Funimation... I, I was wondering if you're going to even touch this. 
Okay, well... Uh, Go ahead, touch well, it. <laughs> well, first off, it should be said, you know, you're talking about the importance of Dragon Ball Z, and it should be noted that Dragon Ball Z was the first important property that Funimation ever had. You know, before they licensed that, they had, I don't know, cyborgs, or, you know, the, these cyborgs, you know... Yeah, cyborgs. <laughs> you know, this, this weird stuff that no one cares about, and there was this tiny company, and then they got hold of Z through pure chance. It's really this weird story like i guess uh, gen fukunaga who's head of funimation his what is it, his uncle happened to know a guy who worked at toei and so that got him the license you know weird stuff like that and so once they got a hold of z they just mushroomed into the big company they are today you know when you talk to the american anime industry today it's pretty much funimation and all those other guys mm. they're pretty much dominating it and print that just go it's all because of z Anyway, so, but the problem was is that at the time, their dub of Z, their English dub, was really inaccurate and really bad and had terrible music, in my opinion, I should say. But, you know, it wasn't a very good ad- adaptation of the series, or at least in the opinion of a lot of the uh, older fans who were more familiar with the Japanese version. And so, but it did bring in tons of new fans who were familiar with this, you know, this very loose adaptation, and so there's been this very large divide in English-speaking Dragon Ball fandom for decade now between people who are fans of the Japanese version and those who are fans of the English version. And to a certain extent, you see that with all anime, but it's a lot more divided with Dragon Ball. Petty complaint, but what the hell? If we are opening, petty fans. Let's hear it. They changed the opening theme. What <laughs> the hell? That is a I big thing. I was expecting Headshala to be the opening, or maybe like a remastered version, or like a cover. But I get this. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> that actually is an important point because Hironobu Kageyama. I mean, he basically is the musical voice of DBZ. He's continued to do video game theme songs. All throughout the years, up through Raging Blast, the most recent, you know, high-end game, and to hear Takeyoshi Tanimoto, who was essentially a new voice, no one had really heard him before. He had done some stuff. He was essentially a fresh face for Dragon Ball fandom. To hear him was just, who is this guy? This isn't. And now we have AKB48, Team Dragon, doing the second closing theme. We've never had a shoujo-esque song to Dragon Ball before. For the longtime fans, it, it's a little off-putting, but at the same time, it's modern. But it's not a modern show. Like I said, these things just clash. 
I mean, a lot of fans are kind of hoping when this was first announced that they'd reanimate the entire series from scratch, but instead they've kind of done this, I want to, well, half-assed, more or less, attempt at updating it. You know, 99% of the footage is the same, and then, you know, like Dan was saying, they just add in, at random, more or less, these new reanimated stuff, and then the opening and the endings are completely new. But, you know, it's weird because the openings and the endings, they're so... There's this clearly modern animation, you know, very much more high budget than the rest of the show, and it just really does clash quite a bit from... I mean, I know a lot of anime series, they have an opening that, you know, the budget is mm-hmm. ten times as much as pretty much everything else, but with <laughs> this, it's... Not only is the budget better, but, you know, there's 20 years of difference separating this the opening animation and the main content of the show, so it's can be disorienting at times. Right, you know, we've had compilation things in the past, like the Gundam movies, where they compile series into movies, but those were kind of simultaneous or around the same time. This is almost unprecedented, where we have an older show being taken into this new context and kind of dolled up in this strange fashion. I mean, I've talked about this before extensively on my own side and podcast, but Funimation did this with their season sets, the orange bricks of DBZ with the widescreen presentation and cropping it and playing with the colors and to have the Japanese do a similar thing with their own series was very, very strange. And I think took everyone off guard. Now, do you think the series was created more so as um, for the fans or was it, was it to draw in a new audience to the franchise? It's totally for the new audience. Actually, I would say both, because if you actually remaster it and like bring it back as its new thing, it's going to be, wow, nostalgic for the old fans. I like, love this series, and they enjoyed it when they were kids. And when you could bring in new fans, like, wow, I've heard so much about it, but I know the original is so long and everything, but now that I actually have the short one, I could probably watch it and get into, the, into Dragon Ball, you know what I mean? Well... <laughs> I mean, in Japan, the manga is generally known a lot more than the anime is. And so, well, okay, but the show wasn't made with the states in mind, really, for the most part. It was made with, for the Japanese audience, and I mean, the Japanese audience would be primarily familiar with Dragon Ball as a comic and not a TV show. And actually, Jake, that is important, because if you want to take it over to Funimation and their treatment of the show... It's not for their old fans because they've lost their old musical score. They're replacing voice actors. They're treating it faithfully. It's just as off-putting to an old audience as it would be really to a potentially new audience. So in that respect, I really see it as almost exclusively for the new audience. And if the old guys happen to enjoy it, that's just icing on the cake. I mean, they've been marketing Kai primarily, I mean, as like more closer to you know, Toriyama's original cut of the series. They, that's a tagline they use, like the Toriyama cut of the anime. So they have been kind of pushing its similarity to the manga from the beginning. Right. But then, so I guess that would be appealing to older fans or just people familiar with the comics in general. But of course, it's also being aired, um, you know, in the same time slot as, well, not the, uh, it's being aired with One Piece in Japan. At night, it's this thing called the Dream Nine block, and so Kai airs at nine a.m. and then One Piece airs at nine thirty, and so 
I mean, what is that if not a pretty direct appeal to modern, you know, young Shonen Jump readers? Right. And I guess with that, we can kind of wind it down. Uh, have, I guess, any closing remarks on... Well, first off, for those of you who don't know where to find Dragon Ball Z Kai, or you're just you're tuning into this because you were fans of the Dragon Ball series, but you never had a chance to really... Um, catch the episodes are you know too far removed from it where are some places that they can um they can watch this series legally well funimation is releasing it in north america right now the second set's available on dvd and blu-ray i don't believe they're streaming it anywhere but uh the cable channel nicktoons is airing an edited version of their english dub and they do have clips if not full episodes i, I haven't really checked out a whole lot on nicktoons's website um, so there is that option, you know, the home release and a TV broadcast. And we've heard things about um, Four Kids' is new block. They're supposedly going to have the rights to air it coming in the next year as well. So Funimation's really pimping it. Dragon Ball is something that's never really been streamed online other than one exception from the last couple of years, which was kind of this weird anomaly. But it's an entirely separate monster. So this is really something that's TV or home release only. Okay. And any final comments on Dragon Ball Kai, or Dragon Ball Z Kai, before we before we close off this show? Well, I guess we were kind of negative on it, but I think uh, maybe we should have talked a bit more about its good points. I think it is a very good way to get new fans into the series. Yeah, yeah. I think the only people would have too much cause for complaint is older fans who remember the way the series was before. Right, we have baggage associated with it, which is nothing new for anime fans. I mean, people in general, we inherently like to bitch about things. It's just what we do. So when, when you're coming <laughs> to something with history, I mean, like I said, I've been running my website since 1998. I have that much time and familiarity. I mean, I, I know every little inflection of certain lines, and there's one in particular of Frieza, who's played by Ryusei Nakao in the original Japanese version. He's just got one line, it's... It just kills me every time. It's just the most amazing delivery. And to hear him use a slightly different inflection in Kai, I was like, ah, oh, gobble, gobble, gobble. Upset <laughs> anime fan. I'm going to blog about it now. It's, it's those kind of things where you have to step back and go, you know what? It, it's for a new audience. I guess I'll just chill out. I have my Dragon Boxes. The original version is not going anywhere. It's been released in its entirety in Japan. Funimation's releasing the Dragon Box set, so everyone's happy and you know, holding hands and dancing in circles. And it has been getting good ratings. Yeah, yeah, both in Japan and in the U.S., so that's great to hear. Well, I could just say for the U.S. side of things, I'm watching the series like it's the first time I've watched it, and it's, I guess that's a good thing for the series because I sit down and, I, and I'm watching the show and I'm, I'm actually stuck on a cliffhanger, and I've already seen the entire series, so it kind of gets me every single time the episode ends like wait a minute i've seen this series already but i right, and you're you know you're approaching it totally different than we are where jake and i'll sit down and watch an episode and say all right this this corresponds to these manga chapters and all right this line was slightly different and all right this voice actor has been changed we watch it differently than the general fan does and you know we acknowledge that so I guess with that, I want to thank all of you guys for coming on to the coming on to the show. And just one more time, if you just go down, if you guys want to 
tell them where you can find more about you and hear your views and see your views and read your views rather um dan starting with dan and ending with jake um well you can find me at otakudan.com and twitter slash otakudan all right michael all right, you can find myself, Mike, and my buddy Julian over at Daizenshu EX. That's www.daizenshu.com. Like I said, we have a weekly podcast. We talk about this shit every week on the internet. If you like what you hear, you can hear more of it every week. Have a good time. And Jake? Okay, you can find me and Hujio at kanzentai.com. That's www.kanzentai.com. And we have fairly extensive um, uh, dissections of the first 17 episodes of Kai and then slightly less intense looks at pretty much all the other episodes up till, up till now. And a whole bunch of other stuff like uh, translations of the Dragon Ball Daizenshu, interview translations, episode guides, DVD guides, all kinds of crazy stuff. So look us up. Like what you're listening to? Then be sure to check out the rest of the A3K network, such as the Anime 3000 panel. Satoshi Kon films that I was able to watch. I watched um, you know, all the other ones before this film. It really was more mainstream than his other films. At least, I mean, not mainstream is a bad word, but more accessible. The Method to Madness. The coral snakes are beginning to become much more dangerous because they're running out of the anti-venom for them. Really? I assume it's just because the coral venom snake kills too many horses, i.e. you put a snake on a horse's butt. You know, <laughs> swirl but, it around? No, no, on the horse's butt. Okay. Not in the horse's butt. The Speakeasy Podcast. Come on, of course. I think what they're really saying is, I would sleep with Haman, so I <laughs> This hope. makes sense. And the Animation Podcast. There's no actual making out, but it's basically, I need you, I need you. Now strip naked and get inside this. If that doesn't scream sexual partner, nothing will. But don't forget the weekly A3K radio and bonus round, which will bring anime reviews to you right when you need it. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and look for the A3K Network on iTunes.